Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are delighted to be here today, and we have a wonderful show for you. I have been eagerly awaiting to talk about this program with you. Recently, as you know, we've talked about the challenges military families face and work through, and today we're going to provide you the glue to bring all of those experiences together in what might be a new light for you. Our guest today is Louis Aloro, one of the first 100 people to receive a Master of Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. We're going to take this hour to learn more about finding resilience and even joy using our strengths and gifts, plus connection for well-being and personal growth. Sometimes the greatest aspects of personal growth come after an adverse experience. Today, we'll hear more about the benefits of positive psychology and how to blend Eastern mindfulness with Western science to flourish. We are so pleased to welcome from Philadelphia, Louis Alora. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Linda. And good morning. We are so pleased to have you here. And I know that military families are some of the most resilient in the world, and the studies have all proved that. They relocate. They make new friends easily. Um, Yet they face some challenges that are not unique to life or living, but they face them more frequently than others. So I would love it if you would tell us a little bit about how you came to go into the field of positive psychology, and then we will apply it very practically throughout our hour with you. Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking that question. Um, I, I came to this field, I guess, through a lifelong quest to to always <clears throat> be wanting to step into my better self. You know, through through my te- even my teenage years, I remember being interested in self development and any opportunity for leadership development um, that involved tools and strategies for for kicking it up a notch is really the way that I like to think about it. You know, things that that were practical for me to apply to my own life. Um, and so I, I, you know, did various programs and read all sorts of books. I always found myself in the self-help aisle. And then in, um, in my late twenties is when I discovered this field of positive psychology. And really it was a time in my life when I was wondering what was next for me. And I was in a transition professionally. Um, and when I opened up the New York times one day and then saw this, this, um, this idea of positive psychology, the science of happiness and of, of well-being, I knew immediately it was what I, I had been looking for. So, that for the past 10 years then has been my life of, of learning and teaching um, these now um, many empirically founded tools and strategies uh, to help people flourish. Myself first. <laughs> uh, we always have to seem to start with ourselves. Um, I have, was very pleased to have Pam Eggleston be our co-host today because Pam teaches yoga. She's a military spouse and the, the Eastern mindfulness piece caught my eye along with the Western science. Mm-hmm. And so all of this comes together kind of differently. Um, 
And, and don't be surprised with the questions you receive from Pam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just happy to have you on the show. I mean, I think that this is really good that we're looking at trauma, resilience, um, the post-traumatic growth in a different way with different lenses. Mm. So that's really critical. I think that's really, and the work that you do is really important. Thank you, Pam. I appreciate that. People are so hungry for this. Yes. Uh, and so it makes, you know, it makes it a really nice time to be involved with, with this work for sure. It really does. So tell us more about the program itself and what you've gained from working with so many people and what you've seen as a result of this mind shift um, to perhaps frame life experiences in a different perspective. Yeah, so I, I run a program called the Certificate in Applied Positive Psychology Program. Mm-hmm. It's a six month. It's a six month experience for um, all sorts of people. Come out for this um, for personal reasons, for professional reasons, um, and really, it's a deep dive into the science that's looking at um, things like positive emotion, how it's different than negative emotion. What does research show about that? We look at we look at neuroscience a little bit and how the brain works and how the brain and body interact. We look at relationships and how to how to form high quality connections. What are the tools and strategies for thriving uh, relationships? We look at how to how to navigate um, relationships that are not thriving, you know, and, and when there is conflict, right? Because that's the real the real reality for a lot of people. So how do you do that? We look at um, goals and how to um, how to have a better future orientation so that you can think like an Olympian really and and see the win and see the success before it actually happens and we help people get clear about what what the wins actually look like what do they want more of in their life um, and then we look at purpose and meaning um, and I think that's what brings us here today a little bit is to mm-hmm. talk about this idea of post-traumatic growth and how we can learn to, to do that, how it's a choice. So I guess to answer your question, what are people getting out of this course um, and this study of positive psychology? It's, it's that um, we remember the choice we have in how we think. And mm-hmm. we, don't have to be, we don't have to be governed by our default modes of thinking and being, which really right now at this inflection point in human history, which I believe we are in, um, we are unlearning some of our default thinking patterns and relearning new ones um, so that we can switch more, more easily and from moment to moment. But, but it, before we get to that point of ease, um, it does take work. <laughs> and like any type mm-hmm. of work, there's the sweat that you have to put into it. So I like to think of what we're what we're doing with this program is we're uh, it's like the mind gym. You know, we're giving we're giving people an opportunity to stretch their mental muscle in a way that um, is is very much like uh, calisthenics, and it takes practice, it takes time, it takes repetition. It it does, and I know we can't fit it all into this one hour, but I, I do you feel that during this time period of history. Uh, we've been 14 years at war. There is so much strife and negativity every day that we are bombarded with. Well, we know full well that there are also positive things happening, but those don't seem to get the attention that the negative things do. So mm-hmm. as you change your way of thinking, um, it, it's a process. Is that a good way to describe it? 
Yeah, it's definitely a process. It's um, it's it's more about the journey than the destination. Not mm-hmm. to sound trite, you know. It's not like one day you wake up and you're like, ah, you know, <laughs> I have arrived. You know, I don't have to do this work anymore. I'm I'm now happy. You know, it doesn't work that way. And I'll, and and there's a false belief in that for many mm-hmm. people to think that you know you you either have it or you don't. And and this is the most fundamental um, distinction in this idea of mindset, which you mentioned a little bit earlier. And mindset is a is a is an area that Carol Dweck studies at Stanford University, and she she makes a distinguishing uh, distinction between fixed mindset and growth mindset. And really, the fundamental difference is that the people with the growth mindset believe that everything's always changing. Mm-hmm. including their own abilities. Um, and so with that belief comes so much more possibility for one's life um, than, the, than, than maybe the more default fixed mindset that many people carry, which is it's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. Nothing I do will change my condition. Lewis, I love the way that you said this is a journey, not a destination, because when I'm teaching yoga, that's I say that all the time. I think people want, you know, this like quick fix that they're used to getting with uh, more um, conventional, traditional uh, methods. And they and they're just like, you know, I want it right now. And I'm like, yoga is a journey, not a destination. And this whole practice is, is really what that is. So I, I'm I'm very appreciative of you um, actually saying that about um about what you, the work that you do. Yeah, sure. I, and you know what, too? Um, I like to think of this like yoga. You know, yoga is about flexibility, right? It's about leaning in. It's about being where you're at when you're there and just and just being um, non-judgmental about that, being okay with that, being even grateful for it. Um, and so positive psychology is almost a misnomer for what this is about because many people will automatically think, oh, they just want us to be positive and mm-hmm. and know that's not not the truth the truth in fact life is about having a full range of human emotion and if you were always positive you wouldn't know what that was anymore because right. it's a contrast of the darker times that allow us to enjoy the the lighter ones and so i like to think of this not as thinking positively but thinking flexibly and being adaptable in our thinking, which, which right, Sue, is, is what yoga is, is a lot about. You know, I, I love that you, you say that you don't like the happiness wand, because I think that is what some people think. Okay, we're going to just be, we're going to learn how to think positively, and it's a happy wand, and rainbows and stars and all of that come about. So I, I like your term, um, thinking flexibly as we go into this. I would like to talk more in the next segment about the difference between just that happiness factor and the more trite way of thinking about this and the flexible, really innovative ways that you have of reframing things for people. So I'd love to talk about that as we go into the next segment. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that's great. That would be wonderful. Um, And Sue, or we will call her Pam now. (laughs) Well, I thought it was kind of cool we have a dual guest on. (laughs) No problem at all. I've done the same thing. I want to thank you all for listening to Military Network Radio. We're going on break now, and we will be right back with our guest, Louis Alaro and Pam Eggleston and myself. See you very shortly. We're 
Career Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children ages 24 to 18 who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you can glean from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater with our guest, Louis Solaro, and co-host, Pam Eggleston. Before the break, we were talking about how sometimes there's a misnomer between positive psychology and what it really is. And we decided that thinking flexibly was one good way to consider this. Louis, I'd love it if you could elaborate on that a little more fully. Um, I would love to. Um so, so the, the idea is that um, in unlearning some of our default thinking patterns, we can learn a, a new pattern or a new series of patterns in our neural networks, really. And this is why it's important to understand how our brains work. Um, it's so that we can shift our default mode from threat to opportunity. And the idea is that we are, um, we are animals, right? And as animals, our default mode is to, is to perceive more threats than opportunities. And research shows that given an equal amount of threats and opportunities in a lab, people will leave that lab remembering, what do you think? <laughs> the threats. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, there's, a, there's a term for that called the negativity bias. We, we have many biases in our thinking. One of them is the negativity bias, that, we are, that we're more inclined to point out what's wrong than before we are to point out what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there are consequences to this. There's many consequences to this that, you know, human systems move in the direction of the questions they ask. 
So if we're asking questions about what's wrong, how do we fix it, which is a very common question in lots of our societal institutions. Um, for example, you know, I just a year ago moved to, to a new city looking for a doctor for primary care, and you call, call around to doctor's offices, and, and the first question that they ask you on the phone is, is what do you think? <laughs> what's your insurance? <laughs> Before you <laughs> But, yeah, that comes right after. But, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, why, why do you uh, want to see the right. doctor? Assuming that there's a problem. Um, or in schools, you know, when, when kids are not good at math, we end up giving them more math. We end up, we end up, we end up you know, pushing them further into, into the deficit. And so um, in learning to think differently, more flexibly, we're really learning to think more with our strengths. We're learning to think more of what's right. You know, how do we start from a place of what's already good? What can we appreciate? And this is why gratitude as an intervention is so powerful. Right. It's because what, what you appreciate appreciates. What you, what you can point out and spot as what's good, what's working, what's, 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 what, what do you love? You know, what do you, what do you, um, what can you point out? Even when you look in the mirror, Linda, you know, where do your eyes first go? Is it to is it to the blemish or is it to is it to something different? Have you been taping me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, wow. wow. Well, well, I'm laughing because, um, as, uh, as many of you know, I've been taping a lot of videos for veteran caregiver, and I am, of course, my most uh, audible critic um, whenever I'm looking at things, and and it's taken a long time to realize that it's the content and what I'm trying to get across in the message in the video as opposed to what do I look like and where you know what is that wrinkle and that blemish as you put it so you're absolutely right gratitude is a wonderful place to start and I I think that it's also a very generous place of the heart which Mm. is a good place to start I think Mm -hmm. Mm. I like how you say that it is a generous place of the heart does that have a bearing in into this science I mean, is there a science basis for the gratitude and the, the grace that we feel? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's, it's in, the, in, the, in the spirit of building upwards spirals. When you can spot something that is good and focus your attention there, um, even something that's happened in the past. So think of something from the past 24 hours that you could think of that went well, of a win, something that you can, you can think, yeah, that was good. Really let your body savor that memory um, for longer than we're inclined to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, think about how long you, you savor um, <laughs> uh, something bad that happens, meaning how long do you think about it? How long do you harp on it? How long do you ruminate is really the mm-hmm. word. Can we be as good, if not better? We have to be better, actually, at, at spending as much time, if not more, in what we can appreciate, what is working and what is good. Mm. Well, that's great, Lewis. I think that um, <clears throat> some people might get confused by what what gratitude and grace is and what really positivity is in terms of our society now uh, kind of rewarding children for every little th- great thing that they do. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Like, everybody gets a trophy, mm-hmm. okay, regardless if they lost or if they win. And, you know, back... Mm-hmm. In my day, 
<laughs> and mine. <laughs> right. If I lost the race, if I was, you know, I ran track, and if I came across last, I came across last. There's no ribbon. There's none, none of this. And these children now are getting every. Everybody's getting a trophy. Everybody's getting reward because everybody wants. Uh, I guess to be a winner and to feel good. How do you think that that plays into our psyche? Do you think that this is healthy uh, with regards to positive psychology and, and being grateful? Or do we go back to what you said earlier and kind of explore uh, looking at the shadow or the negative stuff to be able to really own the positivity in our lives? Um, that's a really great question. I think that, uh, Pam, that's a great question. I, I think that, the, uh, <laughs> funny, I think the, you're funny, Lewis. You will, you will never forget her. <laughs> humor is one of my top strengths, which yes. I love to Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you're right. So, um, the self-confidence movement, you know, through the eighties, nineties, and even, even into some places today, I think it's changing though, where every kid gets the trophy. Um, I think that when we are mindful as parents and as teachers, we, we see, and there's research to support this, the, um, the, um, the, the adverse effects of that on, on people later on. And there's this concept in, in my field called self-efficacy, which is different than self-confidence. Self-efficacy, efficacy, effectiveness, um, the belief in your own effectiveness in the world. And so if you're getting a trophy and you haven't even been able to, um, to run the, the, you know, the track, um, you're not believing in your own effectiveness. So how can we teach self-efficacy? We could find ways to, to, um, to acknowledge the effort that people put in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what, what uh, Carol Dweck shows in that mindset research. When we can praise people for their effort, when we can look at someone and say, not you're great um, athlete, but you really put in the time to prepare for that meet. Wow. Like I'm so impressed by your dedication to your practice. Right. That is, it goes a lot longer than just saying you're so great. Um, and so, so we can learn that takes mindfulness, that takes attention, that takes practice to be able to, to be more of a social emotional leader in, in our lives. Um, and we can teach other people along the way. I think that's really important because I think now you have uh, lots of folks who are full of self-confidence, but they're still unhappy. And so Mm. the self-efficacy piece is really critical. I think that that's a great point that you brought up, Lewis. That's Mm -hmm. really really, um, where we need to go, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. There are people that do have that, but they're not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You do the math, yeah. Yeah. What I find interesting is that uh, what you mentioned earlier, the contrast. How can you possibly really appreciate the positive if you haven't failed? And we tend to look at failure as a real negative in our society. When oftentimes looking back, if you are a little bit introspective, mm-hmm. you realize that that wasn't failure. That was learning. Mm-hmm. And it brought you to a better place to go to the next step. Yeah. What if, what if failure is the secret to success, mm-hmm. um, which if you, there's tons of examples of, of people, successful people in the world who tell their, their, their mess, you know, their failure story. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't it Benjamin Franklin who failed a, a thousand times before he found the light bulb? 
I mean, Thomas, Thomas, Edison. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. 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 yeah Thomas yeah. Edison. Excuse me. Yeah, yes. Exactly. I mean, yeah. so failure really is the, um, is the driver for some people and it's the depressor for others. What is the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the driver for some people, the depressor for others. I think the difference is, um, is the support network, the community, the, um, the, the mentors, the coaches. I mean, who doesn't need a coach mm-hmm. um, that can remind us um, and help us take what didn't go right and, and find a, a, a new way? You know, mm-hmm. that's called grit. Grit is an idea in positive psychology that you have passion and perseverance for long-term goals. And some of the research shows that the grittier students in school are, uh, it's a better predictor of success in school than even IQ is grit. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think if you can fall down nine times, get up 10, mm-hmm. that you, you know, at least you have a chance at it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you stay down, uh, well, no, you're definitely guaranteeing that you will stay down. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that those are really wonderful things, but the encouragement is not always there in the support system, as you mentioned. Um, exactly. And, and so this is where we, we need to teach people, you know, this is about educating, mm-hmm. um, and it's about, and no one's exempt from this learning myself included. Um, it, again, it's not either that you have it or you don't, because I believe it's one of those things that is so easily forgotten. <laughs> mm-hmm. We learn it. We, we, we wake up, we fall asleep. We wake up, we fall asleep. We wake up, we fall asleep. And that in, in our certificate and applied positive psychology program, one of our one of our um, course um, pillars is uh, the per- give your, giving yourself the permission to be human in it and having the awareness, self-awareness, and then having the compassion, self-compassion, and then having the care, the self-care. Self-care is such an important part of all of this because until we get our cortisol levels down and our stress levels down mm-hmm. and our bodies relaxed, then none of this can be learned the way that, that, that it, it, it can, could be learned. And it could be learned in a really powerful way. There's, a great, uh, there's great research on the contagion factor of all of this so that when I learn it um, in a powerful way, the, um, the effect I have on other people around me um, is huge. And not just by one degree of association, but by three degrees of connection. Perfect. And that will be a nice lead into our third segment. Thank you so much for listening to Military Network Radio. We are here with Louis Aloro, and we will be right back after this break. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high on life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern.
congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We are really looking forward to talking to you now about resilience. I, I think that that is an overword, overused word in the military lexicon, but military families are phenomenal at adapting and being flexible. They, they relocate a lot. They make new friends easily. They learn the landscape of where they are. They accept deployments. They accept reintegration. It's an amazing thing. But if we learn a few little tips from Lewis about better resilience, how to maintain it, how to grow it, and how to just think differently, I think it may help. So, Lewis, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you sure. talk a bit about the ABCs of resilience? Yeah. So um, let's talk about how, how we think about resilience first, and then we'll talk about a strategy for, mm-hmm. for being more resilient. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people would say um, resilience is bouncing back from adversity, right? So there's this idea that, that something happens and, and we can, we can uh, bounce back faster. And I like that definition. There's another definition that I like, too, and that is uh, resilience is struggling well the ability to struggle well. So it, it doesn't take away the struggle. The struggle is a natural part of life. And again, even with all of this, quote, positive psychology stuff, we're not saying that, you, you know, we should be all Pollyanna all the time and, and not have the difficult times because it's the difficult times that we have that help us appreciate um, the joyful times. So um, when we, we believe that things happen not to me but for me, that's that's a really important way to to navigate resilience. Things happen to me, not for me, and so everything then becomes a gift, mm. a blessing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when you look at resilience um, on the um, uh, on the ABC front, you know the ABCs of resilience is um, is a, is a tool that actually. Um, that um, they've taught um, in the in the U.S. Army for the past several years. There's been a, um, a project called Comprehensive Soldier Fitness, where they mm-hmm. are teaching parents, uh, not parents, family members, and veterans and and active duty people actually th- these tools for um, for re- this particular tool that I'm about to share with you. So the ABC of resilience is something happens to trigger you. Okay. Some, and, and things happen to trigger us all day long. Small things like, um, like you know, the, um, the, the barista at the coffee shop not getting your coffee order right 
to large things like, um, you know, like our, um, you know, the, the patriarch of our family, um, falls sick or something, you know, so, Mm -hmm. so big things, small things. So those triggers we call in the ABCs, the activating event. Okay. So the activating event, the A of the ABCs is, is the trigger, the activating event. Something happens to activate you and Mm -hmm. it's quick, your activation in an activation in a trigger. Um, you, you think something and then you feel something right away. Mm -hmm. And when you feel something right away, often in a trigger that we want more resilience around, it's not a good feeling. (laughs) It's a stressful feeling. It's that feeling of cortisol that goes through your body. And so something happens to trigger you, which causes that feeling. That feeling is the C, the consequence Okay, so I know I skipped the B, but follow me right now. We have the activating event, and then we have the consequence. The consequence is how you feel. So when you're feeling something you don't want to be feeling, this is when this tool is really helpful. Because you could say, hmm, what's my activating event right now? Oh, my activating event is the barista didn't get my coffee order right. Uh, (laughs) then Then you pause and you say, what is my B? The B in the ABC is your belief, and your belief is what you're thinking. And so the order of this this tool is ABC because your activating event causes a belief, and it's your belief that causes the consequence. Hmm. It's not that something happens and it causes you to feel a certain way. It's that something happens and you think something, you believe something, and that causes you to feel a certain way. So when we can be mindful of our beliefs, now I'm going to put you two on the spot right now. So hypothetically, someone is in the, the coffee shop, they get the wrong coffee order, they, they are pissed, They're not, they don't feel good in their body. What, are, what might they be thinking in that moment to cause the feeling of, of agitation? That the person didn't respect them enough to get their order right. Right. Like, I, I'm thinking that this person doesn't respect me. Anything, anything else, Sue, that comes up for you that's possible? What, come up, what probably will come up for me is, okay, I'm, I'm angry right now. Why didn't they do this? Why, why are they doing this to me? Mm. Um, I, would, I would, may take it personal if I was, you know. Right. right. So that, the, the, the thought is more something like um, people, people don't see me. I'm not... I'm not um, I'm not worthy of being seen is some people's thought that 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 thought might cause more sadness. Um, You don't respect me might cause more anger Mm -hmm. in your body. And this is where um, having an emotional intelligence greater than good and bad to describe how we feel is really important. Um, And it's something that we're not um, we're teaching now more than ever before. But for for decades, if not centuries, we hadn't been really teaching and talking about emotional intelligence and vocabulary like Linda, right, is so important. The language, having the language. So the ABC of resilience then becomes an opportunity to, to think differently or to even think about how you think because the B, the belief, is just a thought you think a lot. And most of our beliefs, 90-some percent of them, are operating below our level of consciousness. 
So when we can raise them to a level of consciousness, then we can, we can have a different experience in our life. We can be more calm in our body. We can, we can dissipate the stress. We can dissipate the anger, the sadness, and really take a more powerful belief. A more powerful belief in the moment of the barista not getting your coffee right is what? What's the more powerful belief? That that person's just having a bad day, and it's not a big deal. It's a cup of coffee in the yeah. big right. picture. Right. Everybody makes mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I know what it's like to make a mistake. So when I can remind myself of that, I could have more compassion in that moment. I can in in the in the positive emotion and having greater positive emotion. I can literally in fMRI brain scans, people who have greater positive emotion are um, are able to access more um, parts of their brains so that they're able to see more expansively. And in that moment, you see more expansively and you say, oh, okay, I'll just tell them and they'll remake it. No big deal. You know? Well, don't you think it's also whatever mindset or perspective that person is in at the moment? And what you said about vocabulary is so important because I do think that in this age of texting and posting and all of these things, we get down to good, bad, mm-hmm. um, nothing in the middle, um, mm-hmm. and, and really very little on the compassionate side. I am really loving the emphasis that you're placing on the kindness and the compassion and the belief that people are generally good, and maybe this is just an aberration for the moment that my coffee wasn't right. Exactly. Yeah. People are generally good. People are generally kind. In fact, um, um, I was just um, at an event where um, I heard um, Matthew Ricard and Richie Davidson um, speaking about our innate basic goodness mm-hmm. and that um, with research studies with infants, um, they're able to tell with their, um, their eye, um, a study of their eye movement Mm-hmm. That infants, when given a choice to look at puppets that are um, that are competing and that are angry and that are negative, or puppets that are are collaborating and are good and are kind, um, infants will choose um, in um, in studies that are uh, statistically significant. They will choose the kind, good, positive puppets to put their eyes on when given the choice. So we do have an innate basic goodness, which I think um, in this particular context of um, veteran families um, might be especially lost when when we have people at war, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we're not seeing innate basic goodness when it comes down to war. And that's why when, when we come home and we, we, we reassimilate into our lives and into our families, it might take some extra work in that in that situation to really be reminded of our beliefs um, because our beliefs drive everything you know it's so interesting because there's so much preparation um, for going into war but there is much less about coming back each time and the the country is war weary and there have been many people who've had multiple deployments and returning home um, some with injury some with emotional injury um, some assimilate better than others um, do you find that having better resilience training beforehand also helps the return 
Oh yeah. 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 And that's, that, that's the, um, the intention with these interventions are, um, let's give people the tools beforehand <laughs> to, um, to navigate trauma and conflict so that, um, so that, we do a lot of processing of things that happened in the past, but what when we have the tools to be mindful about thinking differently in the present? And really this idea of learning to think differently is, like I said earlier, learning to, to think about the future differently than we normally do. So, yes, I, I agree with exactly what you just said. Hmm. That's really wonderful in terms of, I mean, I would love that to, to expand out because I know just dealing with it in my own life, uh, in the military and the preparation early on in the conflicts, that that was not happening and it still is lacking, lacking a great deal. Um, well, so it's better I, than it has been, I think, sure. given that the comprehensive soldier fitness um, intervention, it's still going on and, um, and, but there's, you're right, there's a lot of work to be done. So much more to be done. And in terms of looking at um, resilience and the ABCs of resilience, I mean, what? how far before a deployment would you maybe put that into place? Uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever? Uh, there's a great, a great adage I've been saying right. a lot. Uh, that goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> right. Second best time is today. You know, so so why not why not you think about this moment as one of those moments and then what will the next moment bring and how can we how can we leverage the many tools that we have? There's so many change agents in the world and this is um, our program, the Certificate in Applied Positive Psychology program is training the change agents of the world. Um, calling together those people um, to who have energy around this to say, hey, what what happens when you learn some of this? Who can you bring it to next? And so I invite you to and anyone else listening, please, we have programs in seven cities around uh, the country coming up and starting in September, and we'd love to have you. We will be right back. We're going on break. This is Military Network Radio. Thank you for listening. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. LinkedIn. It's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, 
business and life coach, Carmen Carosa, can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here with Louis Alaro and talking about thinking flexibly and positively. I know that there is a program that you're involved with called the Flourishing Center, and it talks about the various aspects of our emotional living and life and how it contributes to our well-being. And I'd love it if you would mention those aspects, and then we'll move right into how sometimes adverse experiences and using these tools that you're learning about today and learning more about them really help in post-traumatic growth so that you can take a look back and be very grateful for what you went through because of where you are today. Mm -hmm. That was a long lead-in, but go ahead, Louis. <laughs> yeah, so the Flourishing Center is the name of our company, um, and the company is, a, um, is one of the first benefit corporations, a B Corp, um, in the world doing good and um, making money simultaneously. And we have, a, um, we have a series of programs. One of them is the Certificate in Applied Positive Psychology program. And the holistic look that we take into, um, into how to be a more effective change agent in the world includes lots of different um, modules of this program that um, that incorporate many of the tools in positive psychology and beyond. So we incorporate tools from mind-body medicine and nonviolent communication and um, and mindfulness and cognitive neuroscience and lots of things. And we bring them and we aggregate this information on a level that you know the only prerequisite in taking the course is a curiosity. You don't need to have any background in psychology. You don't have to have any background in anything that I just mentioned. But you have to have a, a, a desire and, a, and, an, and an intuition and inclination that this would be something good, good for you. Um, one of the topics in this program is post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is um, it's just really a fascinating um, um, uh flip from, you know, every, we all have heard of post-traumatic stress disorder, but there are people that go through trauma um, and have a different experience. We all know them. In fact, mm -hmm. we all are them in many ways. We all have had traumas in our lives. Big, um, some, some of us have had big traumas. Um, one of my biggest traumas in my life was um, losing a brother to suicide mm -hmm. um, almost 20 years ago, and that over 20 years ago, actually funny how that happens. Um, but, but traumas are sudden, unexpected, unusual. Um, there's a perceived life threat in a trauma. Um, and we can be really vulnerable to them. Um, we don't have to be as vulnerable as we, as we, um, as 
you know, without any choice, we lose our power. And one of my colleagues says, your scars can be an incredible source of your strength. So how, how to do that? How do we respond to trauma? Some people respond with sadness, anger, depression, um, physical tension and fatigue, uh, gastric symptoms. There's all sorts of mind-body connection. And then the people who have post-traumatic growth find um, um, growth in the distress. So the definition from some of the researchers, um, Calhoun and Tedeschi, um, post-traumatic growth is the experience of positive change that occurs as a result of the struggle with highly challenging life crises. So with this post-traumatic growth, would you say that ties back into what you spoke to earlier in terms of resilience being um, where you're struggling well? Like, the, Dave, maybe post-traumatic growth is the mastering of that struggling well or the process of that um, mastering? Um, post-traumatic growth is is in in the sphere in the in the face of a trauma um, because we could struggle well all day long. I mean, we have we have adversities all day long. We're not in traumatic situations all day long, thank God. Right. But we do have um, we do have moments in our life where something really big happens, and um, and that you know the, the the what I read read a few minutes ago on trauma. Um, sudden, unexpected, um, perceived life threat, uh, a lack of, a lack of control or a perceived lack of control. All of those things are what make, make a trauma different than a, a regular adversity. So is it the people connection? Is it your ability to not only struggle well, but also connect with others that possibly makes a difference, whether you grow from an experience or you spiral downward? Oh Yeah. Great, great point. In fact, the research points to five elements of post-traumatic growth. One of them is um, um, more intimate, warmer relationships with others. Mm -hmm. You know, so leaning into people, not pushing them away. Mm -hmm. um, that might be um, uh, a default mode. The pushing away of people is a default mode of, of, of some who think, I, I don't need you, or I can do this without you, um, or I don't want to bring you down. You know, mm -hmm. but really warmer, more intimate relationships is one element. Another element is greater appreciation of mm -hmm. life, um, a, a, an appreciation of the changed sense of priorities. So there's there's with people with post-traumatic growth have a letting go, um, a kind of surrender. You know, things mm -hmm. have changed and that's OK. You know, I'll find the beauty in this, too. Um and as a result of that, there, there's a greater personal strength that comes from a recognition of new possibilities um, for, for the path or for the life. Um, and for some people, these new possibilities turn into some of the most meaningful um, um, opportunities for, for living or for working, right? That people mm -hmm. take a traumatic event and do something really powerful with it. And this uh, one of the last elements of post-traumatic growth, according to those researchers, Tadichi and Calhoun, is a spiritual development. So um, seeing um, more spiritually your life, and there's a difference between spirituality and religiosity, which um, a lot of people forget. And so religion is something very different than what I'm talking about. Um, a spiritual, spiritual development is... Um, is a belief in something greater than yourself 
or power greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't have to be God. Um, that word is really loaded for a lot of people. I often recommend people who, who are really, um, adverse to that word to use a, a different word, maybe the universe, um, that really helped me in making this shift from my childhood upbringing as a, you know, in a, in a certain religion to an adult, more spiritual experience. Do you think that, um, people, particularly soldiers, uh, service members, veterans, uh, caregivers, as they journey through this uh, post-traumatic growth um, trip for themselves, miss that last element, miss the spirituality piece. Because I think so often people do lean in closer. They, they find something that, that resonates with them well. They, they find in their trauma, through their scars, they give back. But somehow they're still battling with demons and they haven't kind of gone over to that space of spirituality. So how, how would you, what would you recommend uh, mm. to help, help with that? Uh, come take our course. <laughs> get, <laughs> it's uh, getcertifiedinpp.com, Certified in Positive Psychology. Certificateinpositivepsychology.com is another URL that works. It's really, it's not, it's not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. It's not something to say, here, do this, 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 and this, and then you'll be more spiritual, and then you'll right. have post-traumatic growth. <laughs> right. And people are so hungry for prescriptions these days. Yes. Um, the easy way out. And, it's, and it, it's not easy. However, it doesn't help to think of it as hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so po- finding positive meaning in a distressing traumatic event um, could indirectly or very directly change the course of your life, but you A, have to be open to it, and you B, have to be willing to go down a road of, of unknowns, of uncertains, with open arms and say, you know what, universe, I'm ready. You know, bring it on. Um, when the student is ready, the teachers appear. Mm-hmm. We've all heard that before, and that's, that's what that means. Um, and over time, we can change our personal story um, with a more redemptive narrative. Um, a healthier narrative um, that that over time can become our new story. Um, so, so it's a it, uh, it's an invitation that I'm offering. You know, Louis, I you just said you're choosing healthfully, choosing the opportunity. But aren't there actually physical health, well-being aspects for people who do embrace this? Oh. Don't they live longer, better relationships, you feel good, you're joyful? I mean, science backs up what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. You know, people, people who take this route um, live longer, have less, have less disease, have less heart problems. If you think about it, you're, you're sending less stress through your body, and of course your heart's going to be happier, um, um, have better relationships. Some research shows makes more money, people who, who learn to think this way, so... So there's all sorts of great benefits. You name them, they're there. And, um, and it, it's, it's each of our choice as to whether or not we want to we um, to learn. You know, I think a lot of our influence is by being around certain people. And so I know that there's often, there's many sayings that talk about you are the sum total of the five people you're around the most. So as you choose how do you learn to be a positive social meter? We don't have much time left, but I'd love to hear your take on that. How to do what? How to be a positive social meter for someone and yourself. A, a social meter? What mm-hmm. do you mean? 
how do you check in? Um, how do I check in and say, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this positively today versus spiraling in a negative downspin? Yeah. Um, relate, all relationships are a dance. And, and mm. there's, um, we have to, we can learn how to dance better with each other, which means that you, you make a move and I adapt and I make a move and you adapt and we just kind of become one with the music. Mm-hmm. And so for our relationships, um, to, to, to wake up and say today I'm different and I'm going to be positive and <laughs> you know, all you all can go to hell could, could, send, <laughs> could send some people into, um, a threat response. And mm-hmm. so that's not the way to do it. Uh, a, a, a way to do it is uh, perhaps a little bit more gently and starting with, Hey, Hey, what's good today for you? What's going well is a really nice way to um, change the course of a, of a conversation is to start with what's good and to ask somebody, um, you know, um, just that, that question, Hey, what's good today? You know, what are you appreciating? What, what are you grateful for? What are your wins? Um, find the word that's gonna, that's gonna work the best. You know, Lewis, I love that all relationships are a dance and it's those who adapt, who do the dance better than others. Thank you so much for being with us today, Lewis. And for anyone interested, go to lewisaloro.com or theflourishingcenter.com and we're delighted. Or go ahead. Certificate in applied positive psychology.com or get certified in pp.com if that's easier. There we go. Thank you very much for listening to Military Network Radio. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 